Hi, welcome to Leadership with Randy. I'm Randy Powell. Today you're listening to Lessons on Leadership, our weekly conversation with inspiring people sharing some of the stories and lessons from their journey. My message to them is is just you know, like the the magical thing that they think they they are waiting for, they probably already have. Uh, and so so the, the only way they'll find out if they, you know, actually do have it or not. Uh, is to to dive in and do it. We're visiting today with Brandon Calloway, the CEO of Kansas City Gift, Generating Income for Tomorrow, an organization that provides grants to entrepreneurs to help launch and grow their businesses in areas of Kansas City that have been historically economically challenged by discrimination, redlining, and the lack of banking and investment resources. Brandon combines leadership experience gained from his time in the Army personal discipline lessons and entrepreneurial experiences as a fitness coach, and community impact experiences from previous nonprofits into this role leading an organization that can help change lives and transform the community. You can learn more about his work at kansascitygift.org. Now let's go hear from Brandon. All right. Good morning. Great to be together again. Excited to spend time with Brandon Calloway. Who well, I first met probably uh, what a yearish or so ago, Brandon. You yeah, were just so. really getting things kicked off uh, with your organization, which was really exciting. And now you've got a year of road miles on you, and so it'd be exciting to catch up on that. But I really want to go back to uh, even earlier and just talk about you know some of your early experiences and career journey and what inspired you and who inspired you to go into this. Uh, this path of entrepreneurship and the things you're doing today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, my, my, my journey is long. You know, I, I, I was talking the other day to, to somebody and it was like, share an interesting fact about yourself. And uh, my interesting fact was that, you know, I'm 31 years old and uh, I've had 40 jobs in my, in my lifetime. So, uh, so, you know, I, I've, if we, I mean, if we want to go, go far back, it would take way too long, but, uh, you know, I'm from Kansas city. I've done a, done a, done a little bit, you know, graduated from Paseo high school. I was in the army for a little, little while. Uh, I have an exercise physiology degree from Avila. Uh, I have a 10 year career in fitness, which is where I started. You know, I was, uh, uh, you know, had my own fitness business. I ran my own personal training business. Uh, I mean, I worked at big gyms. I've, you know, I've ran gyms. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, I tell people, and I, I think everybody knows that it's true that. No matter what you, no matter what you do, or no matter who you ask about, you know why it is that they do whatever it is they do. They say that I'm doing this thing to make the world a better place, uh, or or to help people. So if you you say if you ask your piece of delivery guy, why do you deliver pieces? You know he might say, oh, when I bring that food to that family and that smile on their face, it just you know makes their their night better. Like every everybody says that uh, what they're doing is is to to better the world, and I, I truly I truly believe that. And so when I got into fitness, I got into that because. I wanted to I wanted to change lives, right? I, I wanted to uh, make people healthier. I wanted to specifically uh, get people to college. I was a you know high school strength and conditioning coach. One of my one of my first of those forty jobs, I think, it was either three or four. Uh, was oh, when I was a year out of high school. I was a high school strength and conditioning coach. Uh, and so I was 19 years old and coaching 18 year old year olds. I didn't, I had the beard then. So, so I could, I could pass for a little bit older. So they wouldn't try me. <laughs> uh, but, but that, that was, that, that was what I was doing. That, that was my, my career path was fitness and really trying to make a difference in the world, uh, in, in, in this specific way in, in helping people, helping kids from lower income communities. Uh, who went to the type of high schools that I went to get get to college through sports, so get some kind of uh, college scholarship. 
uh, I reached a point in fitness where I, I, my last fitness job was where I was, uh, I was just, I was just, I was running gym. I was running this small little gym doing all of the, the sales, the business, business partnerships and stuff like that. And uh, I reached a point where I was really just making money. I wasn't changing anybody's life. Uh, I mean, I was making money for the owner of the gym. And, and so I was you know, making his life better. But other than that, I, I, I wasn't having the type of impact that I wanted to have on, on the world. And so, uh, so it took a, a big leap of faith, jumped out of the fitness industry and into the nonprofit world because I knew that my skills in sales and uh, just the in relationship building could potentially transfer over to the, to the nonprofit fundraising sector uh, somewhat well. And so I ended up at United Way and uh, doing donor engagement there. And, uh, and it, it turned out that that hypothesis was, was, was somewhat true. I, I, was, I did a, a decent job at donor engagement over, over at United Way. Uh, and then the, I got the opportunity to do, to do gift. Uh, and, and so if you, for those of you that don't know, gift is generating income for tomorrow. So it's a nonprofit that, uh, I co-founded and run currently CEO of it. And, uh, we raise money. We give out grants to black owned businesses that operate on the East side of truth. And, um, at the time, so there were a, a few things all kind of happened uh, that, that made it kind of just, I don't know, it, it seemed like it was predestined for, for, it, to, for it to just happen at, at the time that it did. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I'm in a Facebook group called BOBKC. And uh, in that group, you know, so it's Black Owned Businesses, Kansas City, and there was there was uh, a young man in the group named Chris, Chris Stewart. Uh, he's from Kansas City, lives in Houston now. Uh, and he just made a post talking about, you know, every time he comes back to Kansas City, he doesn't see the number of Black businesses that he feels like he should see in Black communities. And it was frustrating to him. It was really frustrating to him. And uh, his point was, you know, if we all put in $10 a month, we could take that money uh, you know, it was 15,000 people. So it was $150,000 a month, 1.8 million a year. Take that money and strategically invest it into black owned businesses and black communities ourselves. We wouldn't have to wait for other organizations that constantly say they want to invest in the urban core to come in and do it. Uh, we, we could just do it. No, without asking for permission. Um, and so, so at that time, uh, I didn't know Chris, I didn't know Chris at, at, at all. Uh, but I had also, you know, we we were we're doing a lot of racial equity work at, at United Way, and I, I started reading uh, the book by Ta-Nehisi Coates. So uh, we were eight years in power. So I don't know if you guys know who Ta-Nehisi Coates is. He's a, a writer uh, that often writes about uh, racial equity. But uh, in his book, he referenced Michelle Obama's book, where she talked about growing up on the south side of Chicago. And growing up on the south side of Chicago, where everybody around her was black, like it was the predominantly black area of Chicago, Every, people looked like her. She could be, she was comfortable, and just being who she was. And then eventually hitting the point where she, she had a decision to make. She could be comfortable on the south side of Chicago, or she could be economically successful. She could be successful in life, which means going outside of that, going outside of this comfortable area that she grew up in where everybody looks like her uh, into the rest of the world where all of the financial opportunities are because those financial opportunities are not in predominantly black neighborhoods. Uh, and it, it meant entering in a, a world where she was never allowed to forget that she was black. And that like, so that was the heaviest part of that book for me because here in Kansas City, you know, if you guys are from Kansas City, if you've grown up here, if you've been here for a while, you know that that, that, that exists here. So truth is, you know, our dividing line. And so you, you could, uh, and I grew up on the east side. I grew up on the east side of Kansas City. Uh, but I also, in my career in fitness, I, I mean, I've, I've always worked in, you know, Lenexa or, or you know, Lee Summit or uh, Overland Park or Olathe. 
because that's where the financial opportunity is. Um, and so, you know, I have been, after that, I have been sitting and asking myself that question, why is it, why is it that we couldn't bring that same type of, type of economic potential and economic opportunity to these people that live in this predominantly black area, the historically redlined area that was specifically designed to be that way for them, that's specifically designed to take all of the economic opportunity out of, of that area. Uh, and so, so I have been constantly thinking about that and then Chris made this post. And so I reached out to Chris and said, hey, you know, I know I don't know you, you don't know me, but I have a particular skill set, I think, that can get this thing up, going, and moving. Uh, and one of his friends, Cornell Gorman, reached out to him too and said the said the same thing. And Chris got the three of us together and, and we created gift. Um, and, and so, you know, the the we are we're like I said, we're an organization that raises money and gives grants to black-owned businesses on the east side of truce. Uh, we are specifically focused on that area because it is the historically redlined area of truth where black poverty to this day is still most concentrated. Um, it, the, the goal is that we give grants to businesses over there, help them grow so that they may create jobs for the people that live in that area. So we're not, it, we are, we're doing intentional economic development for the people that, that are there. And so are, are really being intentional about doing economic development without displacement. Um, because you know, we it, it's different than putting a $10 million, $20 million uh, project in that area that brings in a lot of outside, uh, outside investors, outside people, um, and, and, and then starts to price out the people that, that actually live there for, forcing them to move out. Um, so that that is that is what, what we do. Um, we give out grants in the amounts of ten thousand, twenty thousand, twenty-five thousand, and uh, fifty thousand dollars. You know, during Chris made his Facebook post April thirtieth, twenty twenty. So we were right in the middle of the right at the beginning of a, of a global pandemic. You know, not a, I think we were a month uh, into all of the shutdowns, and. Uh, and so we started this up like May 5th. So it, it, uh, it took us a week to really hash it out, talk about the program and get all the paper, and just get the paperwork file and get it up and going. And then in that first month of May, I actually cold called. I just cold called a bunch of random black owned businesses and said, hey, what's your growth plan? What, what, what is your specific need that you have uh, to grow, how many jobs could you create if, if you were able to grow? Uh, how much money would it take for for you to do that? Uh, and and so out of all of the the data that I gathered, you know that's how we came up with the ten, twenty five, and fifty thousand um, dollars. But I also asked, other than money, what do you need? And uh, I think seventy five, no, eighty percent of everybody said accounting. Seventy percent said marketing. Uh, a few people said some some legal services as well. Uh, and so we actually built into our program 12 months worth of technical assistance. And so not only do we give these businesses a grant, we pay for accounting for them for 12 months so, so that uh, their books can be undeniably clean. Uh, we pay for a business coach for 12 months. Uh, we pay for a marketing consultant to get them, you know, website design, literally whatever, anything that they, they uh, need, some marketing strategy. And then we're partnered with Hush Blackwell. And Hush Blackwell takes them on uh, as pro bono legal, legal counsel. So, uh, so any of their legal needs for their business, Hush Blackwell takes care of. And, and so, so that, that is a, that, that's that's really our program. And so we took that idea of if 15,000 people, you know, donated $10 a month out of that Facebook group and we took it to the community at large and they, they responded to us well. We also were in the uh, interesting position that, you know, like I said, we filed our paperwork May 5th. Two weeks after that, uh, the story came out about Ahmaud, Ahmaud Arbery being shot 
Uh, and then the Breonna Taylor story came out and then George Floyd was killed. And, and so right when we started, you know, this whole program talking about the racial wealth gap, um, the, the whole country started talking about the, the racial wealth gap. And so our message was amplified because of the situations that, that uh, just the, and the conversations that were happening around the country. Um, and so we, we, we were able to tap into some um, really social media influencers, some small businesses uh, here in Kansas City that amplified our message. And we were able to, we were able to raise money uh, over the course of that summer. And so uh, we had, so in August of 2020, we had $11,000 and we gave, gave $10,000 to Ruby Jeans uh, to help them recover from some of the economic uh, impact that, that they suffer from of, of the pandemic. So, so I specifically told my board, we have a nine person board. Uh, I specifically told my board and my co-founders that I do not want to spend 12 months raising money. Uh, I don't want to spend a full year raising money before we start, you know, giving out grants and actually, you know, ha have, have an impact. That's what everybody does. You know, like, a lot of organizations will, will, will do that. A lot of nonprofits, you know, will, will come up with this program, this idea, this potential solution, and then, you know, spend one to five years raising money for it. And then people have, you know, forgotten about them and forgotten about their, their impact and, and what it is, what it was they were, they were trying to do. Um, and, you know, the people that we were trying to help, I mean, I, the people that I, I had called, spent the whole month of May calling, like they, the, they're, their plans were for now, not for, you know, one to two to five years from now. Uh, and so I, didn't, I, I was that I was really strong about I do not want to spend, you know, X amount of time raising money uh, and kind of letting, letting the community feeling like the community uh, feeling like we let the community down. And so so it, it was important to me to, to show people that we really were about what, what we said we were about. Um, and so we, we uh, AM Ruby Jeans was in a situation where they, they really needed a, uh, a, they really needed some financial assistance. And so we ended up, we ended up like I said, we, we had $11,000, we gave them 10,000 of it. Uh, and then the short, shorter version is when we ended our year, we ended our year, our fiscal year goes from May to April. Obviously, uh, we started in May, so our, that's when our fiscal year started. <laughs> so our fiscal year goes from May to April, and so by the end of April 2021, we had raised 443,000. Uh, over 230 came from just individual people signing up to give, you know, ten dollars a month. We we have people who donate five dollars a month, people who donate five hundred dollars a month. We have people who make one-time donations of $10, one-time donations of $1,000. Um, and, and so, I mean, we have over 2,000 donors, uh, 2,000 individual donors. And, uh, and so because, because of that, because of our strong individual donor base, because of uh, us being able to amplify our message the, the way that we have been able to, we were, uh, we were also able to leverage that uh, to get a little bit of corporate support. So we got around $16,000 from like, eight to 12 different corporations uh, and and then we we got some we got a couple of uh sizable grants so we got a forty thousand dollar grant from urban action partners a hundred thousand from uh from uh the hadley project they're they're rel relatively new uh but a hundred thousand dollar grant from the hadley project and then some smaller ten thousand and five thousand dollar grants from a few other a uh, few other foundations around around the city. They got us to that four hundred and forty three thousand. And so uh, we just put out our annual report back in June, you know, and we gave out two hundred and twenty seven thousand dollars from you know for, in our first fiscal year. So May twenty twenty, April twenty twenty one. We spent another thirteen thousand on technical assistance. We. Uh, we, we were able to give grants to, so that was spread across 14 different businesses. We, we, we track job growth. And so we were able to create 22 jobs off that 227,000. We were able to save an additional seven jobs off of that. Uh, 
we are still seeing residual growth from from that and so we're expecting to see another you know six to eight jobs pop up by by the end of this uh calendar year uh just off that two hundred twenty seven thousand. Uh, and then we also want, we have a few requirements of the businesses that we give grants to. One of those requirements is that they send us quarterly financial reports so that we can look at their uh, their revenue growth quarter over quarter. And, and so uh, in comparing their first quarter, their quarter before getting a grant from GIFT to their most recent quarter of uh, in, in June, we saw an average growth of 174% uh revenue growth uh so average among all, all all 14 of those all 14 of those businesses and so now we're in year two we are doing two grants uh a month so we we, we realized that the ten thousand dollar grant was really uh more of a startup grant and so we, we do a ten thousand dollar grant every month we're doing 450s and 825s and so uh, every quarter, we'll do one fifty thousand dollar grant, two twenty fives, and and uh, and three tens. So, so I uh, I I can get long winded and you know go and go and go, but I'll stop there because I know I know that there there are probably some questions about what we do and why. We gotta just stop and say, in the middle of a pandemic to raise $440,000 and create jobs. I mean, that's worth applause, man. That is, oh, thanks. that is incredible. When businesses all around the globe are struggling and you're creating maximum impact, you know, you're not sitting back and saying, we can't do anything. You're doing something awesome. That's incredible. And it wasn't in the easiest of times. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know, and if you think about, you know, and I was listening to you tell that story, you got some big leaps of faith that you've taken in your own life, you know, to just say, hey, I'm going to change from fitness to United Way, which is totally different. And now I'm, I'm going to go start a charitable organization from scratch. Those are big leaps of faith and courage to do bold things. And really one of the biggest things I know in my experience that holds people back from entrepreneurial growth or innovation or ideas is fear and come back and figure, how are you taking your courageous experiences and helping coach and mentor entrepreneurs to go be courageous themselves? Yeah. So, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't, so I, I don't see, I don't see myself as, I, I'm I'm not I'm not that special right like I I I I had an idea and I did it but it's not I mean I when I was doing it I was scared yes uh I I had some doubts in myself and I uh, I, I was willing to fail you know we we've we've been willing to fail this, this whole time uh and I thought it might work but I knew I might be wrong and, and, and so I, I was I was just I was just willing to be wrong and and I, I also I've been in you know like 40 jobs right so I've been in a lot of different positions where uh where I've I've been led to believe that you know my belief in myself was, was unfounded right like that 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 I was not as good as I I may have thought that that I was uh and and so when, when I am talking to when I'm talking to other people who are you know talking about applying for grants from us or talking about starting their own business, uh, I mean my my message to them is is just you know like the the magical thing that they think they they are waiting for they probably already have, uh, and so. It, so the, the only way they'll find out if they, you know, actually do have it or not, uh, is to to dive in and do it. And I don't actively, you know, I, I I don't actively seek out opportunities to go and speak to people and try to try to motivate people because I I I don't I. I, I don't want to say I don't feel like I have the right to. Uh, but you know, I don't, I don't feel like I've done anything uh, spectacular 
I don't think feel like I've done anything spectacular. Uh, and so if people, if, if I'm in the, if I have the opportunity to speak to people about that, then yeah, sure. I, I will, I, I share everything that I, that I can with them. And, and, and uh, you know, we, we work, we, we even, we go to work for our businesses as, as well. So like, you know, I, I, uh, I will make as many connections as possible for our business owners, but I don't I don't actively seek out those opportunities to go and say, hey, here's how great I am. You could be me, too. I think you're more special than you realize. You know, if we go talk to these folks you're impacted. I bet we find out. Why don't we go here to Andre? Let him ask a question. I always have questions. You know that, Randy. Uh, yeah. So, so first of all, Brandon, I remember. I'm pr- first of all, I'm proud of you. I remember. Thank you. Um, you reaching out to me when you were just launching this idea, right? We had this this conversation. So mentorship's not about look at me, let me coach you. Mentorship's just being available. That, that's really, really what it is, right? And so what mm-hmm. you'll find is any opportunity for people to reach out to you and ask questions, I would tell you be available for that. You know, the thing that I would I would want to know, and maybe you're you're getting to that point as you start to scale this nonprofit, right? and you have these businesses that you're helping, what kind of conversation are you having with them about once they become stable and they're better funded, coming back into gift and make sure they're supporting financially, right? Because you were able to help them get a leg up and get stable and do all these things. How, do, how, are, you, how, are, you, how are they becoming, in a, in a, getting in the position to be able to pay it forward, right? That's part of this whole ecosystem of entrepreneur, uh, shift, um, making sure that when they get better financial and better footing, that they're able to come to you and say, what are the other businesses that have a need and how do I help that need, right? Um, because if you're put, if you're push, producing money for them to be able to hire people, um, retain people, keep stable, all those, there has to be another conversation about what are you willing to do? Because we were willing to step in for you. Who are you willing to step up for? Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, that's a that's a great question. That's a question we get a lot. Uh, and it's something that you know me and my board have sat and and talked about uh, about do how. So one, there, there was a there there was an idea of like, do we make it a requirement for the businesses once they hit a certain point or after a certain milestone for uh, whether that be time or success uh, for for them to you know uh, put money back back into gift? Uh, and w- what we came to was no, so n- not not making that a requirement. Um, you know, they they are they're encouraged they're, they're encouraged to to do that uh but we don't make it a re, we don't make it a requirement we we do we are working on getting all of our businesses together so that they can network and uh and you know do this like like a um blanking on, on the word that i want to use but but uh use each other's services so so, so that, that, that we have a, a network of our grant recipients uh, that are actively helping each other uh, grow. But one of my one of my viewpoints was, is that you know when it and 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 I could be putting too much of a burden on our our team, but this is this this is the way we, this way we 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 kind of went with it, but. For so in for for so long, the that that disinvestment in urban communities uh, was it was or is highly intentional uh, and, and and ever present, and so I see that. I see that as our, our job, right? So it, it's our it's our job to continue to cultivate dollars, continue to, to grow the organization, so that uh, we can, the, so that we can help these businesses grow, without 
I don't want it to be a quid pro quo thing, right? Like where we we help you, so you know we we expect you or you have to turn around and and uh, put put you know money back in us. Uh, that's it's it's our job to make sure that we are continually growing, that we have a diverse revenue stream, uh, and that that we're we're sustainable. Whether you know people, whether the businesses that we give grants to turn around and put money back into it uh, or not. And really, I just, I mean, I, I am, I am sad, like the, their payoff to, to gift uh, is constantly growing and, and making, making positive community impact. The better they do, the better we look. Uh, and, and, you know, their success metrics turns into, I mean, just honestly and realistically, their success metrics turns into money for gift. The more jobs they create, the more we can talk about that, and and uh, the more I can I can leverage their success for potential dollars dollars from us. So, so no, no, we it and even though we haven't made it a mandatory thing, we have seen a lot of our businesses uh, be, begin to do that. So they, at the very least, all of our businesses have like they voluntarily sign up to become monthly donors. Um, and so, so that that that's been good, but we haven't put a strong uh, requirement on it, mainly because we take on that we 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 just take on that burden ourselves. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect it to be a mandate, right? I'd expect the right businesses with the right culture, the right mindset, the right leadership. You don't need to mandate it; they'll just naturally mm -hmm. do it. So, I'm glad you're not putting it in a contract because I think that's that is not the right path forward. I think the right people will do the right thing at the right time. Yeah. Let's go over to uh, Jeff. Well, excuse me, yeah. Brandon. You know, what you're doing is phenomenal, and uh, we were uh, we worked briefly together at United Way, and yeah. uh, he and Brandon did not give up his fitness uh, roots. Uh, about the time I found out uh, where the all the bathrooms were, in my brief stint there, I walked into a, a little conference room and Brandon was doing a mini fitness class. People were doing planks and push-ups and things like that. So uh, I'm glad to see he brought that um, to wherever he goes. And I thought I had a lot of jobs and I'm a lot older than uh, 31. <laughs> so thanks Brandon for that. You made me feel a lot better. Um, no, I just, I love what you're doing. It's phenomenal, but you know, what's your biggest challenge and, and needs uh, that, you know, people can help you with? Uh our biggest challenge, uh, our our biggest, our really our biggest challenge is is at the at the moment is reach, right? You know, we are we have talked. Our our slogan is if fifteen thousand people donate ten dollars a month, uh, and we I mean we have around two, you know, somewhere between two to three thousand individual donors. And uh, we have started to see more corporate support. Like we this year, this fiscal year already. Uh, so since May, we've raised around 110, maybe 105,000 from from uh, corporations. Uh, we have a two two hundred thousand dollar corporate campaign going right now uh, to try to. Well, I mean, I, obviously, we raised sixteen thousand in corporate money last year, and so it was a huge potential area of growth for us. Uh, and, and so, so there, there's always that, but our, our base is those individuals in Kansas City who are signing up to become monthly donors. Uh, and so we, we, we need a wider, uh, just a wider reach of more people hearing about us uh, to, to, to be able to, to be able to, to, to make, make that make that happen and, and get to that 15,000 uh, donor number. So we've been talking, talking to small businesses, to some, uh, you know, corporations about, uh, you know, even, even, you know, employee giving campaigns. So just like a, a lunch and learn of letting, letting your employees know about, you know, who we are, what we do and giving them the opportunity to, to give. Uh, it was, you know, one of the things that we learned early on in that first summer of doing it was that by getting on other people's platforms uh, and so working with those small businesses that their customer base trust they, like their loyal customer base 
trust their word much more than they trust, you know, the, the word of, of me, this random person that they don't know who is talking about, hey, give, you know, donate your money to me. Uh, and, and so when, when it became that business advocating for gift versus us making direct ask, uh, we, we saw a greater increase in the amount of people who were, you know, signing up to, to donate their, their $10 a month. And so, so reach, reach in those individual uh, people. Uh, obviously, we had a $200,000 corporate campaign. And so if you guys are at corporations that are able to contribute to that, I, I'm always, always open to have a conversation about that. Uh, but those individuals, you know, they they are they are what they're what sustains us. Uh, and you know, they were over half the donations that we got last year. They'll they will likely grow to be over half the donations that we get again uh, this this year. And so, so there there's there is that. Um, our second challenge kind of goes back into that first one but it, it's capacity you know we we are uh so we're a three-person staff right i mean we, we went from you know in, in may being a full volunteer-led organization uh to now you know i i am full-time i have a full-time co and then we just hired a chief of business development uh this past summer uh to to really be more hands-on uh with the businesses because at year one it was you know it was me i was i was also not only running the organization and raising raising the majority of the money but also being hands-on with all of the businesses you know like they they all got my cell phone number and whenever they they you know need advice or need a connection or are struggling with something they they would call me uh and so now we have a chief of business development who can really be available for all of those businesses, be proactive with uh, helping them go out and, and, and get their need, you know, identify what they need. Uh, but we are growing so fast that we we are constantly hitting our, our capacity. Uh, and so, so we have talked about launching an internship program. Uh, and, and, and so if, if any, if, if even any of you have any, you know, advice on bringing on interns, getting the getting interns funded, uh, because you know, if, if we if we have enough general operating funds that we could, you know, launch an internship program ourselves and pay them ourselves uh, already. But if if any of you have any ideas or or just better practices on on a or experience, there it is. That's the word. Experience <laughs> on launching and managing uh, an internship program that that would be that would be uh, super helpful because it, it it would you know it helps our uh, our it helps me grow our fundraising. It it, it would help our uh, our our COO does all of our marketing. Uh, so it helps him, it will help him grow our reach and our social media presence. And then it help our chief of business development, uh, be able to, to, you know, serve more businesses better. Uh, we get about two grants a month. And so her workload is literally constantly growing. Uh, so, so, so yeah, is reach corporate campaign, any experience with, uh, with internships as we, start to brush up against our capacity. You know, one of the special things about Kansas City and particularly the business community is how much the business community likes to help each other. And I know everybody on this call, there's times where people call and they jump in and they they do what it takes. How do you how do you build that network around businesses and let them learn how to tap into I could call an Isaac or a Jeff or a Mike or an Andre and, and, and just need, you know, just tap into their advice and their history and their mentorship. Have you thought about how to get them that kind of exposure where they, where they have those networks and support systems around them? Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the other things that we, one of the things that, that we want to do 
is we want to do a, a networking event consistently for our businesses. Uh, and, and so, let me, so one, we're, we're, we're launching a black business. Uh, actually, let me back up even again. <laughs> we, we, we got, so in, in year one, we gave out 14 grants. We got 100 grant applications, which means there was 86 people that we, we were not able to touch, right? Uh, and, and now we're in year two, we're giving out 24 grants. And last month we have 50 grant, grant applications. And so we, we are likely, we're probably gonna hit somewhere between two to 300 uh, applications. Um, and not all, obviously not all of those businesses are at the point where they are ready for grants. Like they, some of them need some more basic, just education uh, and, and sitting down and really scoping out their business plan before, before they even are at a point where they're getting a grant from us. Um, and, but we, so last year we were really only able to help those 14. This year we're kind of gearing up to only be able to help these 24. Uh, but we, but we want to expand the amount of businesses that, that we're able to to actually serve and, and be beneficial to, and so we are in that. We've decided to one, we're launching this back office support program, uh, and so just like every time we give a grant to a business, we give them uh, all of these technical assistance partners. So we give them an accountant, a lawyer, a business coach, a, a, a marketing team. Uh, and so we're building up a bank of volunteers who are volunteer professionals in one of those uh, four areas uh, so that, you know, that 86 business, the 86 businesses that we were not able to give grants to last year, they could fill out a separate application specifically for technical assistance, identify what their technical assistance needs are, and then we'd be able to part pair them with this bank of volunteer, uh, volunteer professionals. Uh, so, so that that's one thing that we're doing to uh, expand the amount of businesses that, that we're able to help. Uh, another thing that that we're doing. So we just we just got some new office space, uh, some new co-working space, and it has a, a nice uh, open area that we're gonna we're basically every month we're gonna do a black business pop-up shop. And so those businesses that don't have physical locations that kind of rely on pop-up shops as the lifeblood of their business. We wanna give uh, them a consistent place to be able to come and just be, be able to, to, to uh, re reach a wide audience. And so we're gonna be doing a large amount of promotion for that uh, to make sure that it is a, a well-attended event, well -attended event uh, to, to increase the amount of businesses that, that we're able to, to help in, in that way as well. Uh, and so I went back those, you know, two to three steps uh, because we, we're always looking for ways that, that we can help uh, help the businesses that we're trying to serve beyond grants because we can only raise so much money. We can only give out so, so many grants at, at, at a time. And, and so a, a few of the other things that, that we want to do uh are some specific network, networking events. And so we wanna have a networking event that includes all of our businesses uh, and so all of the businesses that, that we gave grants to and all of, all of uh, or some, some specific curated contacts from our networks. So that, uh, you know, when, when, when they come in and I'm like, oh man, you should talk to Andre. You know, uh, I, I can actually, you know, have an event where, yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm require Andre to be there, <laughs> right? <laughs> but but ha have an event where where they can make that uh, that connection themselves. And so I don't become a middleman or a gatekeeper in in building their their network, uh, give them the ability to to, you know, actively build build that, that network themselves. Uh, and then we, and just like we were doing this black business market for these businesses that specifically, uh, that specifically are, you know, rely on, rely on pop-ups. We have some businesses, I mean, there are a lot of businesses that, that, you know, 
that don't operate like that, right? So when we gave a grant to a landscaping company, uh, and or a, a lands, landscaping company, and she, you know she can't like she can't set up a booth and cut your cut your yard at the booth, right? And, and, and so businesses like that that are largely service oriented, having a a networking event uh, with larger corporations that they could potentially partner with uh, to so to take on larger contracts or, or, or to be subcontractors of, uh, uh, or just to make those, those potential connections uh, for, we, we wanna have a, a, a curated event like that uh, as well. And so those are two different types of uh, networking events that, that we, we wanna have, but that also goes back to capacity uh, that falls under the realm of our chief of business development. We all, I mean, obviously, you know, we all jump in and uh, help help each other out, uh, but it just goes back to capacity of of what we're what we're able to do and what we're able to pull off, what we're able to do well, right? We could I, I, mean, I could I could put that on a on the calendar, send out an email to to everybody and say, hey, be there. Uh, doesn't mean that you know everybody's going to show up or that it's going to be a, a, a well well attended event, and so so. We really want to make sure we, we have the capacity to to pull it off in a way that's going to be beneficial to the businesses as well as beneficial. You know, if I'm if I'm asking Andre to come, uh, I don't want him to show up and feel like he's just wasted his time. Uh, you know, just just to just for the sake of showing up. So so long way of saying yes. We have thought about. Uh, actively trying to find ways to expand the networks of the people that we give grants to um, and have some capacity challenges in, in just executing it. Well, you're only one year in. So, I mean, so evolve over time, you know, you won't, yeah. you won't yeah. have everything buttoned down after 12 months. So yeah. don't hold yeah. yourself to too high a standard. Some <laughs> stuff takes time, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and that, that's a, that's another that's another thing that I, I constantly constantly have to remember is that you know we are we're a relatively new organization, uh, and and that you know we 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 have all of these long term plans of you know how how to of what what we want to do and how we want to do it, and so you know in, in time like that that will happen. We, we, I, I know that both of those events will happen. Uh, it might not be till next summer or next fall, but We'll figure out a way to pull them off. Awesome. Let's go to uh, Mike. Brandon, thank you. It's always great to hear about entrepreneurs and the risks that they take and willing to take. And as uh, Isaac said, courage is about being able to say that you were wrong. I was 58 before I started my entrepreneurial business. So you're way ahead of the curve. Well done. Can you give us some examples of the type of businesses that you've helped? Mm -hmm. What markets do they serve? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, at this point, we've given out 20 grants. So 14 last year, six this year already. Uh and then we we have two more that we'll give out on Saturday, uh, but so our very first grant we gave to uh, Ruby Jeans. So Ruby Jeans uh, Juicery, a small little restaurant, really just to help them recover from the economic impact of of COVID. Uh, when our, our when we opened up our grant application, uh, we gave a our first. $10,000 grant after that in our application went to uh, a organization called We Got a Covered Catering. And so a small catering business, she had she had set herself up really well. Uh, and like she, she had a contract with a new restaurant that just opened that had a second kitchen. And basically she was going to be their caterer, but and in return, they were going to let her run her catering business out of uh, out of that kitchen as well at, at no cost. The catch was that she had to furnish it. So she had to put a stove in there uh, like she had to turn a room, this room into a kitchen, uh, which is kind of a big catch. But 
we so we gave her ten thousand dollars to be able to uh really just do that um and that that really helped her business grow debt free uh to a point where she was able to i mean she's she's really our highest growth business uh she created seven jobs so so she she went from you know just being herself to seven employees working under her and in, in, in a year now because she was we gave her her grant last october uh we we gave a grant to a a uh a moving company so, so dash delivery and trucking was one that we recently gave a grant to and so so it's not technically a moving company it is you know everything that you need a friend with a truck for if you don't have a friend with a truck uh so like small lumber run i i if i'm going to lowe's a lot to pick up lumber or if i got a few chairs for this event uh and and so it was she was just uh it was just her and her truck and she was she was at capacity with the amount of jobs that that she could take because it was just her and her truck uh, I mean, she was literally driving the truck, loading it, unloading it, and and, and all, all of that. So we gave her twenty five thousand dollars. She hired two, uh, so two young, two young men straight out of high school, uh, and she bought a small, a second van, a smaller van uh, for uh, that she called a sprinter van for her to do smaller runs, uh, and so it allowed her to be able to take on more jobs. Uh, she. Uh, can, the jobs that she could already take on, she could do them more efficiently now because she actually has has help with loading and and, and unloading, uh, and it just in, increased the increased her capacity. She has some contracts that uh, people that she couldn't take. She has some contracts on the table that she couldn't take because she was already at her capacity, uh, and this allowed her to be able to to, to take those take those contracts. We gave a, a grant a twenty five thousand dollar grant to a place called Ophelia's Blue Vine Urban Farm. And so it's on 24th and Vine. Uh, it is, if so if you go there, it's a greenhouse. It, it's, it's like a greenhouse in the middle of the street. Uh, it's it's kind of cool. But he grows, you know, tomatoes and herbs and spice, so basil and cilantro and uh, a, a, lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff out of, out of his greenhouse. Uh, and so we gave him a grant uh, and he also has beds. He has his other like just just beds around the city where he grows stuff stuff in as well. Uh, and so we gave him a grant for two things: one, a new heater, a new stove type thing in that greenhouse uh, to be able to better control the temperature, so he can grow consistently all year round. Uh, so he can increase you know in, increase his uh, production amounts uh and then he also got a small trailer to be able to uh to be more efficient at working at all all of his other beds or, or around around the city uh and so but, uh, the, the thing i love about mike's about the, this ophelia bluvon story is that uh so that i mean that helped that helped him in capacity uh as as you can probably tell like we are we're we are really focused on giving grants to a to a business that has a specific need uh, that they can really show this will help their business grow because we don't give out more than one grant to to uh, to the same business. So they really have to be able to show that they're going to use this money in a way that's going to help their business grow so that they will bring in you know considerably more revenue uh, in in the future. But the, the thing about Mike uh, at Ophelia's Blue Barn was that. Uh, like his 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 financials were for his financials for his business were not the greatest, and the accountant that we had that we gave to him really helped to like clean up his financials completely. Uh, the 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 uh, marketing team that we gave to him built they so they built him a website. They uh, created the labels for his packaging. Uh, and at first he only had a Facebook page that you could, you know, like message him and order for. Now he has a website where, where you can go and order. Uh, and, and 
when we so we recently were contacted by Javi because Javi heard about what we, what we were doing and they uh, they wanted to they just wanted they wanted to know more know more about the businesses that we were we were helping and the short version is that we we uh, we brokered a deal with, with Javi to get Mike uh, so Ophelia's Blue Vines herbs and spices into in, in into uh, Javi stores and so. Right now, he's in nine high V stores. Uh, with they have a plan to get him into all twenty, uh, and because of the because of the uh, grant that we gave him to increase his production, he, he's able to, to meet their demand. And because of all of the other services that, that we gave him, I mean, he was ready with labeling. He he was ready with with packaging. Uh, he was ready with his his website so that they could easily order. Uh, and so, so he has the like in the next six to twelve months, uh, his business is gonna gonna grow like exponentially. Uh, he's hired. He went from just being himself to having three employees under him already. Uh, as he continues to expand, he's about to hire another person just to be able to, to just to make the deliveries to Javi. Uh, so. So yeah, those are those are a few. Excellent, thank you. No you, you started talking about some that Angie's interested in when you talked about how you pick. Let's go, to Angie. I was just curious what when you are awarding your um, grants, like what are the disqualifying factors or what are the priorities that you were looking for in terms of the selection process? You had mentioned I think eighty six. Um, you had to deny. What were mm -hmm. the, what were the factors there that you had to consider? Yeah, so so one, we want the business to be majority black owned. We want it to be in our target area, and so our target area goes from 9th Street to 95th Street, then Truth to Hardesty. Uh, so it's wide, it's a wide range. We actually are have expanded it. So in in year two, we've expanded it a little bit further south. Uh, in the South Kansas City, a little bit further east um, in, into into Raytown, uh, and so we we look in that target area, uh, and then there and even like that, there's a whole scale with just target area. Like, are they physically located in the target area? Do they, you know, predominantly just operate in the target area and 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 all of that? Uh, then they they have to they have to have a clear plan for how how they plan on using the money so whether it's ten thousand twenty five or fifty thousand dollars they have to have a clear plan for how they plan on using it and how it how they will turn that or or execute that plan in a way that will uh create jobs either either immediately uh or uh be able to communicate their their connect this to their long-term plan of job creation uh and and so and and it also has to be a business that has a high propensity for job creation right so we get we've gotten a few applications from uh from photographers and and so while those applications have been good in other in our like they've hit good points on our other criteria uh, they just, they're always going to have a lower propensity for, for job creation uh, because the the nature of, of being, being, a, being a photographer. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's that. Then we have a four, we have a four tier system where we, we rank them uh, based off of community impact and then, and consumer, uh, consumer habits, right? So tier one are, businesses that that provide essential goods and services uh so if you think of maslow's hierarchy of needs uh so food gas clothing stuff stuff like that uh and then tier tier two is where where we uh see businesses related to health uh uh goodness what is the word Oh my God! Skilled labor, so uh, skilled labor, so grow, grow, workforce development, uh, 
I'm 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 blanking. So or, and childcare is also in in tier two, uh, but now all the way down to tier four is where we see businesses that are uh, more focused or, or or they rely on discretionary. They rely higher on discretionary income, and, and so so if if we get you know a small convenience store, that's a tier one business for us, especially if it's in an area that you know, doesn't have a lot of access to, to other other food. Uh, and if we get a luxury spa, that's a tier four business uh, for us because it is a, it's a business that relies heavily on, on discretionary income. Um, and, and so so we, we look at, is it in our target area? Does it, does it have a high propensity of job creation? Uh, it, is it more essential or is it relying on, is it a business that is more of a commodity, relies on discretionary income? Um, and then what is their clear, concise plan for job creation uh, or their, their clear, concise plan for what they will do with the money uh, to, to, help, to help grow their business? And is it well communicated? And, then, and so we have a three, we actually have a three-step process. So we have a grant committee where uh, the, our grant committee looks at their grant application and scores it. And then, so like this past month, we had 50 applicants. So they looked at that, they looked at all 50 of those applications, scored them, and they sent us, they sent the whole board uh, the top 15. And then our, at our board meeting, we we you know discussed all 15 of those grant applications. And next Saturday, or so, no, this Saturday coming up, we are, uh, we're bringing in, I want to say seven of them for, you know, virtual in-person interviews uh, to to dive to dive deeper. So there's that that first grant committee uh, overview, and then the whole board, and then in-person in-person interviews. Uh, and so we and we do that. We then we repeat every month. We do that process. Travis, a great question. A lot of businesses are struggling with here. You there, Travis? <laughs> Travis, you muted. There we go. How about that? Yep. Hey, be careful. Angie's dog's going to about to tear her leg off over there. <laughs> that, that dog's Piper. She's crazy. Anyway, um, yeah, so great presentation. I really appreciate what you're doing. Um, are, you, are your businesses struggling to find good employees that are, that are reliable, dedicated employees? Uh, yes. Yes, they are. Our businesses well, are struggling to find employees in general. Um, I, I, I've gotten a few calls from our businesses recently about trying to trying to help them find em employees. Uh, we recently talked to Clyde McQueen over at the uh, Full Employment Council mm -hmm. about you know, trying to create a program with them to to help get some employees there. It's just, yeah, as as you know, I mean, I talked to. The, the the head of Bank of America the other day, Bank of America, uh, Kansas City the other day, and they were talking about how they were struggling finding employees, I, I think. So j just like every other business right now is struggling to, to find reliable, consistent employees, our businesses are also struggling with that as well. Are, th are they looking for help from you for that or... Um... Uh, I mean, so yeah, they sometimes they turn to us for help, but it's not really what we do. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I and so we we try to help any way we can. So if they turn to us for that, we'll we'll figure out. We'll we will actively try to figure out something that we can do. Um, but again, it 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 goes it goes back to our capacity. Mm -hmm. We really. We're, we're really limited in, in how we can help them yeah. find employees. I, I'm going to send you an email. Um, I've got some information for you. So um, cool. maybe we can try and connect at some point. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that'd be Yeah. Cause if you can help us solve that problem uh, mm -hmm. or, or at least make a dent in it, that would mm -hmm. be great. Yeah. You bet. Well, Brandon, you started off talking about, people finding a job that fulfills their purpose and they know they make a difference. And I think you found all. So 
This mm-hmm. is, um, there's no doubt you're making a difference one year in, and it's hard to imagine what this looks like 10 years from now and 20 years from now, when you think about all that could be done each year, just to keep duplicating what you've done here in the first year. And the impact that I have on folks' lives. That's a, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. We're, we're, you know, just trying to be out there doing something uh, and hope, I hope that, you know, two, three, five, ten years down the road, we're able to, to see and, and point to a, a lot of, a lot of tangible change that we've been able to be, you know, some of the drivers of. Yeah. I think you're doing things that every community in America can, can copy off of and emulate and take some lessons from that. What you're doing there can, can happen in Lewisburg and Salina and any little town you go to could, could follow your model and, and help reinvest in itself. So it's yeah. uh, it's awesome work. Happy to see what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on to just talk about it. Love to love to talk about what, what, what we're doing and and uh, the the impact that we're trying to make. Yeah, so I'll put it there in the comments if anybody needs it. Uh, KansasCityGift.org, and I put Brandon's email in there as well. You need to reach out to him and uh, just look forward to see uh, how this thing's Brandon and what we'll check another year and see what it looks like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. And if you, if any of you guys have questions for me. You know, afterwards, feel free to reach out. I have a, I have a strong policy of if you if you reach out to me, you wanna you wanna chat. Uh, I I meet. It, it's a it's, <laughs> it's it's that it's that simple. If you if you, somebody wants to meet with me, uh, I figure out a way to make it happen. Um, all yeah. right, keep up the great work, sir, and um, we'll uh, we'll all uh, keep looking out for ways to help each other. 